Welcome and thank you for accepting this invitation for our Bible study and reflection for February 9th, 2022. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Dear Lord and most gracious God, we thank you for the opportunities you afford us and the gifts you've blessed us with to be able to share encouragement with our friends, family, and associates. Help us to be ever mindful of the needs of others, and most importantly, help us to do something about it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's start off with the definition of a word. How about the definition of discouragement? It's a loss of confidence or enthusiasm, dispiritedness. Pretty dismal, huh? Well, throw that away. We're not going to talk about discouragement today. We're going to talk about encouragement. Encouragement is defined as the action of giving someone support, confidence, or hope. You know, some people may confuse offering encouragement with offering a compliment. You may compliment someone on their recent haircut or the clothes they're wearing, and while it is important to compliment one another, I believe encouragement has a deeper meaning. If you're feeling a loss of confidence or enthusiasm and just feeling down or dispirited, downhearted, you don't need a lighthearted compliment from someone to pick you up. You need encouragement. You're going to hear a lot of scripture today. But that's good, isn't it? Well, for many reasons. One being, it will help us all grow into learning, loving, living God's Word. Let's start with encouragement from God as seen in the book of Isaiah. In these verses, God is speaking to the Israelites through his prophet Isaiah. This reading comes from Isaiah 41, verses 9 and 10. I took you from the ends of the earth. From its farthest corners I called you. I said, You are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And in the book of Acts, we're we're introduced to a character named Joseph, whom the apostles called Barnabas. Here's a reading from Acts, chapter 4, verses 36 and 37. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned, and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This happened at the early beginning of Christianity. Possibly Barnabas was encouraging other followers of Christ to become givers. Now we take a look at Saul's encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And yes, I know there were no telephones 2,000 years ago, but you could characterize this as a wake-up call from Jesus to Saul. 
And while the word courage is not in this passage, I don't think it would be a stretch to say that Jesus strongly encouraged Saul to continue to Damascus and meet with someone that would instruct him as to what he must do. Here's the reading from Acts chapter 9 verses 3 through 7. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. So you might be wondering why I mentioned telephone prior to this reading. In verse 7, the word sound in Greek comes from the word phone, phone, and it's spelled P-H-O-N-E. Next, in the following verses, still in the book of Acts, but moving a little deeper into chapter 9, we are told that Saul is trying to join the disciples. They knew of his past and were afraid of him. But remember, this is after his experience of meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus. We see here that Barnabas is encouraging the disciples to accept Saul based on his testimony. We witness here the early Christian church beginning to grow based on testimony from the original disciples, the new disciple Paul, as well as encouragement from the Holy Spirit. Here's a reading from chapter 9, verse 26 through 31. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul, on his journey, had seen the Lord, and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Well, through encouragement from Paul and the other disciples, as well as the influence of the Holy Spirit, the Christian church, as young as it was, was growing, and the gospel was being shared throughout the region. The word encourage or encouragement occurs 12 times in the book of Acts, mostly in association with Paul's ministry. Let's continue on in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verses 1 through 2. When the uproar had ended, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. He traveled through the area, 
speaking many words of encouragement to the people, and finally arrived in Greece. Outside of the book of Acts, Paul used the word encourage or encouragement 21 times in his writings. Think about the impact his encouragement had on the growth of the early Christian church, and encouragement continues to have great impact to this day. Now, in his second letter to Timothy, written just before his death, Paul offered his final words of guidance to his young assistant. He encouraged Timothy to be faithful to Christ in true doctrine and to shun false teachers. He charged Timothy to preach the word with patience and careful instruction. Here's a reading from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1-2. through 2. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Wow, what great advice Paul had for his friend Timothy. How can we correct, rebuke, and encourage our family, friends, and associates. Well, I think Paul nailed it here when he instructed Timothy to encourage, but use great patience as well as careful instruction. If you remember the dictionary definition of encouragement is the action of giving someone support, confidence, or hope. Let's take a look at Examples of where Jesus offered encouragement in his ministry. This next reading takes place near the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount. His disciples and other followers had a lot to put on their plate, and I can only imagine Jesus must have felt their anxiety and their concern as to how they were going to live up to everything he had just told them about, the new kingdom living. I believe he addresses their anxiety and concerns in this next reading. We need to look no further than Jesus, our Savior, for support, confidence, and hope. As I read these words from Jesus, concentrate on how they offer you support, confidence, and hope. And this reading is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 27. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap, or store away in barns, and uh, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And now let's consider Jesus' words from the book of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, 
what I have told you, that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, and that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus did not want his disciples to have to worry about the eternal question. He doesn't want us to worry about it either. He wanted to encourage them by letting them know without a doubt where they would end up when this life was over. This way they could focus completely on the mission he gave them. Randy Alcorn refers to this as having eternal perspective. Now let's listen to Jesus' words one more time in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 27. He's speaking to his disciples. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And now this very comforting and encouraging passage from the book of Matthew. Chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, a very familiar passage. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, there are so many examples of encouragement in the Word of God. Keep in mind that the Bible was not written to us, but it was definitely written for us, for each and every one of us. The words Jesus spoke to his disciples and other followers were not casual compliments. They were heartfelt words of encouragement, meant to enable and equip his disciples for the mission they were called to do. Encouragement can take different forms and show itself in the exchange between different people. One thing characterizes encouragement. It is the force that exists in the exchange between people, where one comes alongside the other for a period of time and shares their journey to help, support, and strengthen the other. Receiving encouragement from others sure feels good, and it bears fruit. So, as opposed to just being on the receiving end of encouragement, let's all intentionally try to be better encouragers. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and Most Gracious God, we thank you for your Holy Word that speaks encouragement to us through your prophets, as well as through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, that lives and reigns with you, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord, and encourage others.